0: A reading from Jeremiah 23 the days are surely coming says the Lord when I will raise up for David a righteous branch and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land in his days Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety and this is the name by which he will be called the Lord is our righteousness This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 5 through 25. Hear now the word of the Lord. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were getting on in years. Once when he was serving as a priest before God and his section was on duty, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. Now at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. Then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord." Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know that this is so? For I am an old man and my wife is getting on in years. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak until the day these things occur. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondered at his delay in the sanctuary. When he did come out, he could not speak to them and they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He kept motioning to them and remained unable to speak. When his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and for five months, she remained in seclusion She said, this is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably upon me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me, that these words might truly become your living word to your people. And I pray that you would open up each of our hearts and minds that we might receive that word exactly in the place that we need to hear it. For we pray this in the name of our coming Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Zechariah and Elizabeth were model Jewish citizens. As a descendant of Moses' brother Aaron, Zechariah was a priest, and priests were highly respected people in Israel. And though priests were not required to marry women from other priestly families, to do so was a double honor. And Zechariah's wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. So this was a highly honorable and respectable couple with an impeccable pedigree. And to top it all off, the text tells us that they were righteous in God's eyes, faithfully observing all of God's commandments. Zechariah and Elizabeth were the kind of couple most others in Israel wished they could be. They were pillars of the church. They came from great families. They had a very high social standing. Zechariah had a great job. But something was missing. They were now getting on in years, and they had no children. Elizabeth was barren. Now, in this culture, women of higher social classes in particular were considered to have fulfilled their purpose in life if they gave birth to sons. And not only did Elizabeth have no sons, she had no children at all. According to Deuteronomy 28, breaking God's commandments could result in a cursing of the womb. This often led people to assume that if a woman had no children, it was because she was being punished by God for her sins. So women here who were childless often felt great shame and disgrace, and Elizabeth was no exception. Of course, the text makes it quite clear that Elizabeth is above reproach. Despite the years of shame and humiliation she endured, neither she nor Zachariah ever became bitter or turned away from God. Instead, they remained faithful and devoted. Yet there was a sadness in their lives. The pain from that child-shaped hole in their hearts remained as their constant prayers for a baby were left unanswered. Now, we all know about that pain, don't we? I mean, for most of us, it's probably not a child that we have longed for, but all of us have deeply yearned for something that has never come to be. I mean, none of our lives have turned out exactly the way that we hoped that they would, and we all know the pain of unfulfilled longing. And for many of us, it is during the Christmas season that our yearning becomes most intense, and our hopes and expectations reach their greatest heights. And so each year we keep thinking maybe, maybe this Christmas our family members will finally get along. Or maybe I'll finally get that job or that gift that I've long been hoping for. Or maybe I'll finally this year meet the love of my life. Or, or maybe this Advent season will actually experience hope, peace, joy, and love. And yet each year, all we seem to end up getting is new wrapping for our old longing. So we run around knocking ourselves out, trying to create the Christmas and the life that we wish we could have, thinking, if I can just get it right this year, then maybe that ache of barrenness will finally go away. But Advent is... It's not about what we can accomplish or about what we can construct out of the mess of our lives or about how well we can mask the pain in our hearts with a fake smile and a forced Merry Christmas. No, Advent is about the new creation that God is conceiving within us and learning to receive it. And so during the Advent season, we are taught that God is not finished with us yet. That's what Advent teaches us. There is still something more to come. And so throughout this season, we prepare ourselves to be open and receptive to whatever mischief God is up to in our lives. And as Zachariah and Elizabeth discovered, we have a very mischievous God. Now, Zechariah was in Jerusalem serving in the temple with his priestly division as they were required to do for two weeks out of the year. Now, twice a day, priests would enter into the holy place and make the atonement sacrifice for the people and burn incense as a fragrant offering to the Lord. Meanwhile, all the people would gather outside and pray for the redemption of Israel. Now, burning this incense was a huge honor and privilege for a priest. Uh, The person was chosen by lot and they were only allowed to do it once in their lifetime. Zechariah was now an old man and he'd probably been praying for that privilege for his entire career and yet he'd never been chosen for this special duty until now. And so Zechariah enters the holy place and as he is burning the incense he offers up prayers on behalf of all Israel. You see, the priest was the representative of the people. And so all the prayers going on outside were gathered up in and through the priests and offered to God on their behalf. In fact, the people outside may simply have been praying that God would hear Zechariah's prayer on their behalf. Of course, alongside all of his prayers for Israel... Zechariah couldn't help but sneak in a little prayer for a son. And even though he knew it was no longer possible, he'd been doing it for so long it had just become habit. And so it was as Zechariah was praying and burning the incense that suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared right there before him. And he said, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. You're going to have a son, and you will name him John. He will bring you great joy, and he'll be great in the sight of the Lord. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit, and he will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And how does Zechariah respond to this incredible news? How can I be sure of this? Isn't that interesting? I mean, here is Zechariah inside the temple praying and praying like he'd done every day for years that God would answer his prayer, that God would satisfy his yearning for a son. And all the people are outside praying and praying that God would hear and answer Zechariah's prayer. And an angel of the Lord finally shows up and says, All right, all right, you can have it. And Zechariah says, Well, that can't be right. You know, sometimes our prayers can become more a matter of habit than of faith. And not that praying shouldn't be a habit, but, but sometimes we can pray for something for so long that we don't even believe our own prayers anymore. And because Zachariah did not believe, he was rendered mute until God's promise was fulfilled, which is only appropriate. I mean, after all, who wants to listen to a priest who doesn't believe that God answers prayer. The truth is, it's often much easier for us to become more attached to our longing than it is to receive the very thing that we desire. It's because even answered prayer often comes as a disruption in our lives. And when God interrupts our lives, even with something we've hoped for, it always brings change. And change scares us because it means the loss of something. Of course, the main thing we lose when God interrupts our lives is our illusion of control. And that terrifies us, especially at Christmas time when we're working so hard to make everything just right. But remember, we are not the main actors in the Christmas story, God is. This is why every time an angel shows up in the story, he always says, do not be afraid, because the angel's appearance always means that God is at work carrying out his mysterious business of salvation in our lives, which is what Christmas is really all about. Zachariah's problem was that despite the fact that he was a man of prayer, he had developed expectations for God. He thought he knew by now what God would or wouldn't do, maybe even what God could or couldn't do. And that's always a risky thing to do because we have a God who just loves surprises. And so you too can go through life with expectations for God, thinking you've got God all figured out. But I assure you, those expectations will often be disappointed. Or you can choose to go through life with a sense of anticipation. Keeping your eyes open for the new thing that God is doing in your life. Because you just never know when you might run into an angel of the Lord. Now I know some of you are thinking, well, I've never encountered an angel before. Maybe, but I'm not so sure. You see, the Greek word for angel is angelos, which simply means messenger. And God's messengers can appear to us in a variety of ways because God will use just about anything to get our attention. And maybe this Advent season, the angel is coming to you in the form of a career change or relatives coming for the holidays. Maybe the angel will show up uh, in the form of an illness or a new opportunity, or even some conflict in your life. Perhaps the angel might speak to you through the voice of a friend or or through someone you know who is in great need. Or maybe like Elizabeth, this holy interruption in your life will take place through the form of a new baby. And of course, nothing lets you know just how out of control your life really is like being pregnant and giving birth, or so I'm told. But just like with a pregnancy, we're not always aware at first of what God is up to. Now God's redemptive work in our lives often feels initially like an unwanted change or a a frightening disruption. But if you're willing to to listen and wait with openness and anticipation, you just might discover that God is at work conceiving new life within you. Remember, God isn't finished with you yet. There is still another chapter to be written. So whether you are 15 or just turn 50 or 85, God is still creating your life. Of course, you can still wear yourself out trying to be the creator and construct the perfect life for yourself and for your family. Good luck with that. Or... You can choose to receive with faith and gratitude the life that God is continuously unwrapping before you even when it feels out of control. But if you're willing to listen with your ears and look with your eyes for God's messengers in your life, you just might be surprised by the new thing that God is doing. But whatever form the angel of the Lord comes to you this Advent season, he always has the same purpose as that child born to Zechariah and Elizabeth. Remember, John the Baptist was not the Messiah. He came to prepare us to receive the coming Savior and to lead us to him. After all, Jesus himself is the answer to all of our greatest prayers and our deepest longings. And the good news of the gospel and the great news of Christmas is that your prayer has been heard. Amen.